Gonna be about to skate, obviously. Um, I agree. Yeah, dude. I they they're gonna be so amped up that they're just gonna run and run and run and run and run. We're going to have to weather, I think, the first five minutes. I know. So it'll be a fun day Thursday, and with that, we'll talk about this podcast. So this week, I'm back on the Blues Hockey Podcast once again. Your host Jason, I guess O Martin. You know, O Martin. Yeah. Well, I, I can't do the Irish thing since it's uh, St. Patrick's Day, but since it is the beginning of the NCAA tournament, I'll use my full first name, and it's Christian Frank. Yep. So you said you, you did you stayed up and watched the I replay did. Of the I watched uh, the replay of the ESPN yeah. Thirty for Thirty, and I still hate Christian Leitner. And I do. I I'm a huge Duke fan because of Christian Leitner. Yeah. Like I was in junior high and high school. I was a freshman when he hit the shot. Um, and I actually wore number 32, and so I was like, cool. To, like, you know, growing up, everybody was Christopher, not Christian. So Correct. to see this kid, like, I guess my kid, like, you know, he was about four years older than me, like, this guy who was, you know. On a national it. stage. Yeah, yeah, man, killing it on a national stage. He had my name, he wore my number. I was a huge fan. He yeah. played the way I played. Yeah. Like, it was awesome. Yeah, dude. That, I defy anybody. Who says that they hate Christian Leitner? Like we have a good friend of ours who despises him and despises Duke. Mm-hmm. And I, I hit him up yesterday, and I, I said, I, I defy you to watch this program and still say that you hate Leitner because it yeah. breaks down like what people perceived of him and what the reality is. And the reality is so far different. Like people just, I think, kind of assumed because he went to Duke that he was this aristocratic kid who, you know, came from money. Dude, he's a blue-collar kid from Buffalo, which I didn't know. He's a Bills fan, which is even better. All falls into place for you. Yeah. So, that's good. So, yeah, I saw that. I I meant to get it to you earlier. And he live-tweeted the thing. That's what I texted you, the live-tweet of whatever he did. And he said it it was really good. Unapologetic, like, he's just a, a... good athlete and he's got an athletic mind and you know you see it in some of the stuff that the blues do now is like you had a couple of comments during the show where he's like you know i don't know if you guys want me to say that sports is all lovey-dovey and oh man i'm sorry if i hit you can i help you up he's like that's not how it is he's like you want to win and when you want to win you don't care what it takes to win You'll you know you'll bend rules and you'll do what you need to do to get that competitive edge. Yeah. So that little side note. So anyway, we'll get into blues hockey this week. So good week, I want to say. Yeah. Expensive week for me, sort of, because I had to go because I was downtown for two of the three games. It's true, this week. you were. So I appreciate the tickets for the one game from you. Yep. You got your shirt. I did. Got your shirt. Awesome. And then I uh, went to the second game with some friends too, and so I went. went Foreshadowing here to both winners. You did. So, what's your record on the year? Two and zero. Oh, those are my first two games. Nice. So. I am 
0-1. I went to a game a Dallas game, right? Yeah, it was a Dallas game. And we lost, I think, like 4-3. to Yeah. So uh, let's, we'll do our recap real quick, and then a ton. Like, we were going to have our uh, Hall of Shame, I was planning, but so much news came out today. Mm-hmm. Well, not only Blues news, but big NHL news that I wanted to cover to yeah. get your opinion on. So we're going to probably We'll just... eventually get back to the Hall of Shame, I promise you. Yeah, it's there. So we have a person ready to go. But foreshadowing, it is a forward. It is. So, we, will, we will now at least have a coach, a forward, and a defenseman, and a goalie. Yep, so we're good to go. So we'll get into the first game that we last time we came to you, we wrapped up with our friend Jeff Ponder yep. for the Toronto game, the butt whooping that was 6-1 to one mm-hmm. in Toronto. The Blues come back from that big, long road, you know, road trip. And <coughs> come home for three games in a week. So against some good competition, too. Yeah. So uh, first up, the like surging Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, uh, really surging. Uh, we'll go through the first period, which uh, didn't start off that too good because Terry Lindbrock took a penalty 11 seconds in. Correct. Uh, then he took a penalty five minutes in. But uh, luckily, well, unluckily, in the start, Michael Froelich gets a goal at 8.50, his 16th of the year from Andrew Ladd and Jacob Truba. This is the one that I was like, here we go. It was very – this is the one where the puck was in the zone. Laterra knocks it down. Mm-hmm. For uh, Froelich picks it up and just throws it towards the net, and it goes five holes, Elliot. And then you're just like, oh, oh good. here we go. But luckily, Jaden Schwartz comes back at the 14-20 mark. A power play goal is 23rd year from Petrangelo and Tarasenko. This is one uh, Hutchinson, Michael Hutchinson, who is the uh, Winnipeg goalie. And still not the dead singer from NXS. Correct. And he completely missed a, not missed, but he was lightly screwed. And yeah, I think he might have wanted to have that one back, too. I agree. So, luckily, 1-1 one, one after 1. So, I think uh, this period, Blues showed a little fight here. Bufflin's out, so, you know, you can take advantage of that because he seems to give the Blues problems. I agree. So. It was, you know, I, I think both of those goals were fairly soft. Yeah. Um, aside from that, I, I didn't like seeing the Blues take so many early penalties, and it's kind of been a theme this whole week mm-hmm. of the Blues taking poorly timed penalties. Um, but, you know, as, as odd of a first period as that was to escape it being 1-1, I'm all right with that. Yeah, so we'll take that. So second period comes up, and 31 seconds in, Vladimir Tarasenko gets his 33rd of the year from uh, Laterra and Butler. And the Blues call on a little... Uh, Played really well this period, and then they won a little goal-scoring binge about halfway through. Yeah. Steve Ott gets his third of the year. Great play. Great play. Passed by David Backus. Now it's a good play from Ryan Reeves to hold it in the zone. Yeah. So at the 11-09 mark, Yori Latera gets his 10th off the year off an awesome passing play. Yeah. From Jane Schwartz and Alex Petrangelo. Uh, the Blues have a commanding 4-1 to one lead. And all three playing. dudes on the Star Wars shirt have now scored. Yeah. So, what you called after the Tarasenko goal. Yeah. So, which is awesome. So, yeah, I, after this, I'll be honest, in my head I said... I thought we were cruising. I thought we were looking at another Toronto game. I thought we were looking 4-1. to one, Maybe maybe they'll get... I even said, hey, they get one in the next period, 4-1, to 4-2. to two, Maybe we'll get another one, 5-2, to two, whatever. And I was right, sort of. So I, You were. The 134 mark, Andrew Ladd in the third period gets his 23rd a year from Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley. It's kind of like... It's a good save by uh, Elliot here, but it just went between... I think it was Limbaum's legs... Limbaugh or Bertuzzo, whoever, I can't remember who was mm-hmm. out there, and uh, and Ladd was right there to put it by him. So it was kind of a 
okay, that happens type goal, and I was I was okay with it. This one, I our friend Mike was with with me, and we talked about this one extensively, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Less than 11 seconds later, oh. Lee Stepniak gets his 10th of the year, and I guess that's your opinion, <laughs> from Adam Lowry and Chris Thorburn. Uh, basically off the faceoff, a little kind of a little thing of center ice. He brings it in uh, on the left-hand side. A lot of the Blues defense goes all the way to that side. Puck goes to the other side where Stepniak is. It comes out to cut off the angle. And Stepniak rifles a shot pretty much by his head. Yeah. So I watched, like, initially when I saw just live reaction, I was real pissed because I thought he was really weak. And mind you, this is probably their maybe 14th or 15th shot at this time. Yes. Because Hutchinson only had left three goals on 10 shots. So you're looking at, you know, he didn't have a very good save percentage, and then Elliott's looking not that good either. So it's 4-3 to three, really quick, about 18 minutes left in this uh, third, and a timeout by uh, Hitchcock to get the troops rallied. The two goals in 11 seconds, I, I at that point I knew – unfortunately, that it wasn't an F but a win that they were going to tie this game up. Yeah, you, I saw your text, and I was like, I'm going to ignore that because I want to be positive here. And I just, I, dude, I know this team. I know. And then you're, I was hoping just to let's change the perception of things, and hopefully that would work, but it didn't. Unfortunately, <laughs> Blake Wheeler gets his 19th of the year from Tyler Myers, a shorthanded goal, a 1432 mark, where the Blues puck goes in the other end, and the defense messes around with it. Uh, they believe Petrangelo, and I think it's Steen who's actually back because they have the forward up high on the power play. Mm. And the puck is just, you know, by Laurie is, you know, I like him a lot, actually. Just, I think he's going to be a really good power forward antagonizer, like David Backus type guy. So I, I, agree. I wouldn't be surprised if that guy's going to be a thorn on our side for many, many years. And then throws a pass right to Blake Wheeler, who's in the slot, and just stops it and, one, and then slaps it past. Brian Elliott in the, you know, with nobody in front of him. So part of me is like, should he be saving that? Or should, you know, should, you know, it's a, it's right in the slot. It's going to be hard for him to kind of corral it anyway. I'm trying to pull up this goal to make sure this isn't what I'm thinking of. Is this the one that kind of became a problem and the highlight cuts in too late? If memory serves, wasn't this another goal that started with the Vladimir Tarasenko turnover in the offensive end? Yes. Okay. That's been my bigger problem. I would say the last five to ten games um, is, and I notice it more with him than I do anyone else. But that whole line, I think, has been guilty of this: is the blind passes, either a, a drop pass or just blindly pushing it to the point or wherever, has led to, in this case, a, a shorthanded goal. Uh, in many other cases this week, at least. Uh, an odd man rush. An odd man rush, or you're leaving somebody right in front of Brian Elliott. Uh, and that's something that has to stop. Did you see, just side note, did you see the Max Pacioretty we did last night? No. Did he do it? Worse. Oh. He, he dropped it back to his defense. Defense went for a change. Nobody was there. Guess who was there? Oh, no. Steven Stamkos. Picks it up one time as it passed. Carry Price. And oh. they lose. Like, it, you thought Tarasenko's were called by this week? Just look that up after we get done. Oh, well. And and also, fans, look that up. The I'm sure it's been replay there. Pacioretty was looking up the ice, didn't even look, and just threw it hard back. He was almost the red line, threw it back past the blue line. And yeah. then, literally, on the tape, like, Stamkos didn't even move. He got up, stopped it, went in, <laughs> hey, slapped it, and then Price is sitting there, like, staring at Pacioretty, shaking his head like, Yeah, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Anyway. You know, and that's... Uh, 
what bothers me is, uh, you know, these three guys, the STL line, are, are so highly skilled. But you're seeing now as we get close to the playoffs and we're playing teams now that are in the thick of a playoff race, they're keen on that line. And they're going to double team. They're going to play the gaps and play fundamentally sound hockey against them. And you're going to draw the top matchups where a lot of the things that you used to be able to do in the first part of the season and maybe cheat against, you know, a second pair or a third pair defensively, this line can't do now. And it's starting to rear its ugly head. Um, the other thing, and luckily he put a couple in this week that, you know, the scoring drought seems to be over for Tarasenko. But, man, you talk about it becoming obvious that they are double-teaming him. He has no room to move anymore. Yeah. None. And because of that, whenever he tries to do one of his moves, it's either going to be a highlight real goal or he's going to get locked up and it's going to lead to a turnover. It's not like the first part of the season where he might make a move but not be able to get the full shot off and it goes to the corner. There's two people there now. So if one person takes the body and separates him from the puck, there's somebody else there now to take possession of it and head the other way. I know. Um, that's really what bothered me more with this tying goal um, than it was anything else. And obviously the fact that, you know, they pushed back so far and Andrew Ladd was wide open with nobody around him. Yeah. But, man, that Tarasenko pass, like, that just can't happen. It's happened, like, it's a like lot. Two or three out of the last four games. And I, I sure. heard that before the Dallas game, Mm. Um, that uh, Hitchcock and Miller individually had talks with Tarasenko, Laterra, and Schwartz about no, Miller. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Okay. About you know, hey, let's stop it with the funny stuff. Let's simplify the game. Stick to fundamentals. Play your game, but play smart. We have to cut down on these turnovers. Yeah. And it worked. But that's that's something that really, really has been concerning me for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So and so all is doom and gloom right now in the Scott Trader right now. It was a lot of people are chattering, a lot of people are complaining, especially me and my buddy Mike who I was with, because we both sat there and were complaining and back and forth to each other and completely missed this goal. At eighteen fifty seven, Barrett Jackman gets his second of the year from Robert Bortuzzo and Barrett Jackman. Or Barrett excuse me, David Backus. So uh, basically, Backus wins a faceoff at the uh, blue line. Bortuzzo pushes it across to the other side to Jackman, who goes to the Winnipeg blue line, throws it in. And I'm still not sure if Pavlik did not see it or he just wasn't paying attention. He's never commented on it, so there's no way to say. Elliot kind of said, like, there's only one logical explanation for it. What? The Force. <laughs> it was Star Wars night. It was Star Wars night. You're correct. So that could be why. There you go. So Barrett Jackman winds up getting the game winner. Blues win 5-4. to four. And this one, oh man, I don't know. That's, this is the most mad I've ever been over a win. I was really just like, wow. Like Over the course of the season, you're going to get a couple of gifts. That's we'll a good gift. We'll take that one because they needed that, the big bounce back game. So they go with a Thursday night now. and um, Kevin Spacey bubblehead night. Correct. Which... It does look like him, so I might. Did you see the picture? 
there's been there are a couple pictures on the, a couple of the Facebook groups, and I'm like, I understand it looks like him, but was that, was that you know, should we copyright of that? I can't really copyright it, but you know. I saw a lot of people using that, and I would like to think that we were the originators. Since we said that way back when I first. Back in the day when they first announced it. Because I, I showed it to you, and I was like, did you notice people are starting to call this thing Kevin Spacey Bobblehead? Um, so anyway, but yeah, so it was interesting. So my that place, picture, by the way, was this one. Was, yes, I did see that. That was good. But there was a ton of people at this game. I got there super early, and a ton of people. So both sellouts, almost sellouts both nights. 19,100 one night, 19,600 the next night. Or actually not 400. Do you think that has more to do with the promotions, or do you think that has more to do with the fact that the team is making a run for a division title and we're gearing up to the playoffs? Um, <coughs> I want to say the playoff run due to the other thing that was like Thursday night, it was a lot of like other promotion nights. So it's really? hard to see. Oh, it was like the kids club thing that night. Okay. So there was a ton of kids there. Oh, good. So. There's a line going for like pick up the I guess you pick up their membership stuff like okay. there was a huge line there for that so there was an extra amount of kids there so I don't know if it was could have been a bobblehead huh. I'll say it's a playoff thing but I think honestly it's a good mix of everything got it because I you saw like families there you saw like you know just young adults there you saw older people there it was just a good mix both nights hmm. I'll say more kid heavy Thursday than Tuesday yeah so. This game is significant because Ken Hitchcock is going for his 700th win as a coach, and he'll be only the third or fourth coach to ever get that. So. And we're a week away, a week removed from the collapse against the Flyers. Yep. So, Blues lost that one three to one in the third period. They just let three goals in. So this one happens zero zero through one two three and overtime. overtime. But I'll be honest, being there and watching that game. An extremely exciting 0-0 game. I was going to ask because obviously we we had our hockey game that night. So I, unlike our defensive guru and our goaltender, decided not to skip the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, anytime and, you go to a 0-0 game. what happened? Uh, we won. Okay. We won. Uh, and what was the score? 13-3. Uh, to 3. Okay, so. Everybody scored except for our friend Justin who had seven posts. Yeah, so anyway. Um. You know, anytime you go to a 0-0 game, like, I'm a hockey purist, so I enjoy seeing games that are just, you know, tight games. Yeah. There are the fans who are like, there's no score, it's boring. They went back and forth. There was there was a good back and forth play. There wasn't more like, it wasn't like a trap game or something right. like that. Um, uh, the standout person to me during this game was Dimitri Askin. That dude is coming into his own. Yeah, man, he's, he's played fi- great. And he's figured it out. Like, I don't know, like a flip uh, switch went on. During his this last call up, but man, he started out on the top line this game uh, with uh, Yaskin, Oshi, and uh, Bacchus, and he didn't look out of place. Let's put it that way. I thought he put a lot of energy, really strong player on the boards. He's he's gotten that down really well. Yeah, he loses a couple battles here and there, but he will be in that zone, fighting and keeping that puck in the zone and causing havoc, which is what you need. And that goal scoring touch is going to come. Sure. Uh, I mean, he had a little streak going for a while there, cooled off a little bit, but yeah, I can see uh, when they start going in for him, man, it's going to be something awesome to watch. And we might have another good young power forward to kind of come in Which like after great. after Bacchus type thing, you know, and maybe he'll get a little more of that edge like Bacchus does, but sure. But he plays a heavy game already. So I thought uh, Steve Mason, who I really he was always down as a goalie, 
Played great. Played fantastic. I, he robbed Laterra on his one timer. I heard that one on the way home, and I thought it someone was shot Kerber the way he sounded. Oh my! I mean, he just sprawled across it, and if, imagine if Laterra lifted it, it probably would have went in. But right. I mean, he just hit it so fast to go in. And Mason was there and robbed Tarasenko a couple times. Um, what was the other note I had? And Elliot overall like made the saves he was supposed to yeah. the whole time. Like the Blues, I think he really had he had a couple three on ones, but Philly didn't really do any kind of like passing. And the guy always had a good shot on net, but Elliot gloved it, no rebound or body, no rebound, or he did turn it to the corner when somebody was able to right. clear it. So I thought Elliot had an extremely good bounce back game. Compared to what I saw on Tuesday and Thursday, were like two different sure. goalies, and the Blues go to shootout against uh, Steve Mason and Oshi goes uh, stick side on the first shot. Jakub Voracek tries goes in really slow and then speeds up and tries to uh, do a move around uh, Elliot save yep. with the pad. Tarasenko comes in and takes a hard wrist shot and goes uh, top shelf, yep. similar to what he did on to Michael Hutchinson. I agree. And then uh, Wayne Simmons comes in and just full speed and just slows down, then tries to speed up and do another quick move on the glove side and the save, and the Blues take it again. So Two uh, big points. You got to admit, it's been... And that was the game that moved us into a tie for first place. Yeah, and Nashville, man. Sliding, mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, so we're going to our Saturday game, which was the game I was really looking forward to. <clears throat> Excuse me. Blues play the Minnesota Wild. Wild come back off a back-to-back, winning the night before in, uh, I believe, in Nashville. Yes, I think you're right. Excuse me. And uh, to get us started, David Backus gets is in the second period. In the first period, nothing happens. But the Blues simply dominate. We're all over. Yeah. Uh, Devin Dubnik, as much as, like, this dude, and unfortunately I saw a stat before, before the game, and it really screwed me up. He was 0-6 with a, a almost a four goals against and a .886 save percentage. Yeah, that's obviously the old Devin Dubnik. And Brian Elliott was 4-1 with less than a two goals against and a 93 save percentage and a two shutouts or something like that. Yeah. Versus, So you're like, all right. In the bag. In the bag. And the way the Blues are playing, honestly, you thought so. Because honestly, like the Blues, a lot of perimeter shots. That's the only thing I'll say. Yeah. A lot of shots, but a lot of perimeter is no real like, phrasing penetration. By the Blues, but I mean, they. Pl- I thought they played like a really good game, but uh, Dubnik, Dubnik was up to it, man. He, he controlled a rebounds, a couple, couple really good saves, and uh, Backus started off at 4:57 and uh, gets a deflection in front by a shot from Steen just after a power play ended. Yes. I mean, it was like maybe three or four seconds. Steen and Stasny assisted, so Blues lead one nothing. A lot of stuff happened during this game. Yeah, <laughs> let's start. Let me rewind yeah. to go over that. So we were traveling. Right? We were going to uh, dinner. Yes. Right? And we saw the Blues scored. Then they didn't. Then they did. <laughs> then they didn't. Then, then they, they did. did. Then they didn't. So basically the shot, after seeing it, I don't know how this was called a goal. I don't either. Basically, Berglund uh, takes a shot or deflects it, and it goes, hits the netting on the outside. But whoever's behind the net apparently must have got something in her eye and turned the light on and said it scored. Um, so everybody celebrates and... The Wild didn't. I watching the game afterwards, like I taped it, didn't. I kind of said some stuff, but didn't like fight it really hard. They almost dropped the puck. They were about four seconds away from dropping the puck, and that would have technically counted per like NHL rules. Yeah. But the luckily Toronto like buzzed them over, and Tim Peel, you know, who I hate Tim Peel, uh, said no goal, never win the goal. 
it's it, like, it did. It, it did. It wasn't it was, like it was even close. It was very odd. So the Blues come back, luckily, in the uh, second period. Like I said, the back is goal. Um, but right before, right before this, or right, yeah, right after this. Yeah, like 11 seconds after this. Um, uh, Zach Parise scores. And then he doesn't. And then he doesn't. It was ruled that it was a kicking motion. And I was, we were watching, watching this time. And I, I don't know if it was intentional. It wasn't intentional. I think he the was The motion was there. The motion was there. And I think it was more if you have your stick kind of there. Like, that's kind of a move, like, I would yeah. do. Like, if I was going for deflection, like, when you're kind of, like, skating that way, you put your stick against your yep. skate and you kind of do that. So, when it hits it, you're like, oh, it hit my stick. stick. But his stick was up high, hit his skate, and then didn't hit his stick and win the net. So, it was called kicking motion, no goal. Yay, Blues. But wait. Wait. Unfortunately, and uh, Steve Ott did not have a good coverage right here on Thomas Vanek comes in no. and Justin Fontaine feeds him and he gets a goal. Thomas Vanek gets his 17th of the year. Remember, this guy started off with like one goal in like 30 games. So he's yeah. really turned it on lately. At the 543 mark from Justin Fontaine and Charlie Coyle. So they get the quick uh, goal right afterwards and we're back to even. Somehow even. They were looking at shots after this period. The note I made. Blues, 32 shots, 21 in that period, and Insane. to 15. So you're literally, you're literally doubling this team up in shots and somehow tied. Yep. And when that happened in my head, I'm like, that's not good. Yeah. Because you're just like, if that's not happening, it's not your night. And this is one of those games where it's not your night. And unfortunately, it, was not. it turned out that way. Nino Niederreiter gets a rebound after Elliot makes the save here. Puck drops to his, unfortunately to the left of him, right on his yeah. pad, and kind of rolls just past his pad, and Stastny has him tied up, but Stastny's off balance and kind of falls, and Niederreiter bangs it home. Yeah. And Niederreiter gets his 22nd of the year from Koivu and Jared Spurgeon at the 13-27 mark. So, yeah. And here's the one where I want your opinion again on this. Um, Blues are resetting themselves. Puck gets dumped deep in the zone. Tarasenko steals the puck, goes for a skate, gets tangled with McCulloch, and the puck goes free, and Kyle Brodziak's out front, and just one times it passed Brian Elliott for a goal. So, question is it is it the still? I thought it's one of those things where the defenseman is wide open behind you, nobody is around you. And as much as I love Tarasenko, and, it's, and it's players like this, like Ovechkin and other guys, Crosby, who always want the puck and want to do it themselves, that makes yeah. them great players. But at the same time, it's like your defense is behind you. Let's you should have just dropped it and went for a skate. They tried going for. He the should stuff. have. Um, I thought that was more on Tarasenko than McCulloch. I've seen I've seen other varying opinions. So, yeah. So what do you think? I think it's a 50-50 split, to be honest. I think that the sound hockey move is to dump it back to your defenseman and go skate down. Uh, I also think that this might be McCulloch not knowing the chemistry of this team and, and not knowing his teammates and knowing Tarasenko is going to take this puck and roll with it. Uh, you know, I think that that's anybody else on the blues back there, they probably hang back a little bit more and stay out of his way. Um, I don't, I don't think it's, it's either person's fault exclusively. I think that they both played a role in it. I think that, you know, again, I think this goes back to what we said during the, uh, the Toronto game, or I'm sorry, the Winnipeg game, which was, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. And that's what Tarasenko should have done. But at the same time, it's not what he's going to do. Yeah. And that's not what makes him great. And because of that, I think that's where McCulloch 
needs to, you know, and that will come. The more he plays with this team, the more he will learn the tendencies of these players. I think it was just one of those freak things that's going to happen when you have someone new and someone who plays outside of the rules of conventional hockey. So uh, I don't say that I thought Ochi was especially uh, pest-like this game. Him and Matthew Dumda got into it. Yep. Uh, Dumda had a sh- uh, up high hit on Tarasenko, where I think a lot of a lot of Blues did not take kindly to that. Yeah. So uh, he came in as kind of like uh, I would say almost a little bit more offensive than he has been. Has turned he's been in uh, the lineup from Minnesota has turned into more of a defensive stalwart. So I thought that was real interesting. So Blues lose that one three to one. That's and, a heartbreaker. And that was like one of those where that 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 stung more than uh than a lot of some of the games recently because I really thought that was a game that. You wind up controlling for 42 shots. Yeah. And you only get one by him. So the Blues are looking at only a couple goals in the last uh, eight periods. You got Jackman's goal, and then you got the Bacchus goal, and that's it. Yeah. So you're uh, struggling right now. And then a lot of that, that same thing is coming up again where they're struggling scoring at the end of the year. And well, of course, it's in your it's in your head as a Blues fan, though. Sure. Where the last couple of years, that's what's happened, and that's been their downfall in the playoffs. Though. But we also... You know, you played a super hot, maybe the hottest goaltender in the league. Yeah, hottest team. I think he's 25-4 and something. Something like that. And then that Philly game just seemed like it was an extraordinarily tight game. It was. It's not like we had a ton of shots. Mm. You know, it's one thing like the Minnesota game where we have 40-plus shots and we only put one in. You know, at least in the Philly game, you can go, well, look, you know, we we only had, what, 20-something shots? No, in the Philly game, I actually had 32. Did we? Okay, so well, we with, play, with overtime and stuff. Okay. So, um, but you know, I I'm more concerned, and concern is you know used with a grain of salt when I say that in the Minnesota game, just because we did have so many shots on goal, and that very well could be a first round playoff opponent. Yep. For us. Right as of right now, that's what it would be going into that night. That's what it would have been. So, and we played them two more times. So yep. three times in the last fifteen. So, wow. so it'll be last. So two more times in the last thirteen now. So yep. the dreaded back-to-back games. So some changes are made during this game. So Jake Allen gets finally gets to start after mm-hmm. that weird Vancouver game where Wind he was in pulled, when... pulled, went, pulled in, out, and out, freezing. <laughs> and uh, and then also on uh, defense, uh, I believe. Who sat out this game? I think Portuzo was out the last game, and Lindbaum was out this one. Yes. So, uh, and it's a high-powered Dallas team who is desperate for points. They're they're on the like we're not mathematically eliminated, but yeah, we I pretty agree. much we pretty much need to win every game. To and a team made. that plays St. Louis tough. Yep. So, and they're at you know Dallas has been off since Friday, and it's Sunday, um, Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, five o'clock. Yep. So. Blues play a pretty tight game here. Like I admit, I had family dinner, so I didn't get a seat. They played. They played a, a very. I heard the first period wasn't that good. It, it was defensive. Yeah. It was defensive on both sides. Um, there was a there was no room to be had in either neutral zone. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of turnovers in the neutral zone by both teams. It was just very sound defensive. Neither team had a ton of shots. Yeah. So, uh, let's get through the first two periods. I heard the first period wasn't that good. For the Blues, at least. The second period, I, I looked pretty even to me. Because that's kind of where I picked up the idea yeah. of that. So, third period comes around, and the Blues finally break through. Vladimir Tarasenko gets his 34th of the year from Stasny and Petrangelo. 
pretty much corkscrews Jamie Bennon to the ground. Yeah. Deeks him out of his pants, and he just twists around and falls down. Did what he does best. And puts a shot uh, to kind of to the – I thought it was between the pads because the way like Letton went down, he kind of stacked the pads. It was, like, yeah. really odd. Because I think he kind of overplayed it, so he was kind of out he of He did. Position. I think he was expecting Tarasenko to continue moving through the crease. Yeah. So he was not, kind of down. And not shoot one when he did. Um, but, you know, again, this is something that I think because he has such a quick shot and such a hard shot, you know, the goaltender, he's moving so fast that as a goaltender, I think your instinct is follow him across the zone. Yeah. And when he's able to just snap that shot off as quick as he does, it's going to catch you for granted. Because it's not like Lettinen was screened or anything. Mm-hmm. You just beat him. You yeah. just put it past him. Yeah, so it was a good play. So here, the and Jake Allen comes through with uh, a good amount of saves. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And played really, really well. Um, the Luckily, the 1645 mark, Alexander Dean gets a one-timer goal on the power play. It's 20th of the year from Petrangelo and Oshie to sort of basically seal it. We won't Pretty count, much. but, you know, we don't know yet. So um, good good side, good movement up top by this. So this is a play where yes. Oshie, Petrangelo, or excuse me, Oshie, Petrangelo, Bacchus, and Steen are all kind of cycling up top, and mm-hmm. then down low is kind of Tarasenko, who's kind of moving back and forth. And they finally get it to the point where Steen's wide open for on the right-hand side and one time it's passed uh, Lettinen, which was awesome. And then this is the goal, the 18-14, the empty net goal by T.G. <laughs> Oshie is 19th of the year from Bacchus and Steen, where it was kind of funny because he's pretty much picked puck up in the center, center ice area. Yeah, just outside of his own blue line. And kind of dekes around people and gets in the zone. He's pretty much almost, I think, one on two. I think somebody's on him. And then Tyler Sagan's back. He goes to make an inside-out move, misses, gets the inside, but doesn't, does bring not, the puck with him. doesn't go the outside part, and puck goes sliding, and I think Sagan was playing him to go to the outside, yep. falls right on his butt, and goes between the legs, and goes into the empty net for the goal. Yep. One of the weirder empty net goals you'll see, but that pretty much sealed it there. 3 nothing Blues, good win. Jake Allen, fantastic uh, game. Uh, you know, you have game. two blue shutouts this week. Yep. You know... Brian Elliott ties the record with Yara Halak for the most shutouts as a blue. Uh, Allen gets his fourth shutout of the year. Fourth, yeah. Um, most by rookie in for a while. So. Yeah, so you know, it's a solid week of Blues hockey. Aside from the 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 downer game against Minnesota, all three of those games were were very hard fought games. Uh, we got a gift with the, with the Winnipeg goal, the Chapman we'll take goal. That. Um, but it's every one of those goal, every one of those games this week felt like a playoff game. Which are and they're playing and they're playing all teams that are still in the thick. You know, yep, like Philadelphia is hanging on by a thread. Yeah, Dallas, same with Dallas hanging the same on way. by a thread. But you know, these are these are all teams that have something to play for. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be playing a bunch of teams that are going to are on the cusp of the playoffs. You know, so. tonight as we're recording, the Blues in, in Calgary just dropped the puck. Yep. And as of I think tonight, they're number three in the Pacific. But Barely. tied with tied LA? With, tied with L.A. That, the Pacific is very tight right now because Vancouver is up by one point for number two spot. Yeah. So you're talking th- one of those, like, we can play anybody from the wild card spot. We can go anybody from Vancouver to Calgary to Minnesota to Winnipeg. to L.A. LA. So it can go one of five and teams right now. Maybe San Jose, but doubtful. Uh, they are getting destroyed right now by, by Winnipeg. So oh. three nothing after one. 
They're going to blow that team up finally, right? Oh, they have to after the whole Thornton thing came out this week. Yeah. Not good. So my question to you this week is, um, and the line juggling is nothing new to Blues mm-hmm. fans, especially under Ken Hitchcock, but with the moving up and down of Steen and moving all these different players into the top line, be it Yaskin or, you know, who else was up there this week? Um Yaskin was up there for a while. They moved uh, Porter for a while. Porter was up there. Do you think that has more to do with the way Steen is playing? Or do you think that is him trying to put Steen on another line to get that line going? Um, I would say it's more just trying to find balance between the three. I think Yaskin played really well on the third line, so part of me wants to say it's Steen, but I think it's one of more of the balance thing. That's what I want to say. I mean, I... But, but Yaskin, I thought, has been playing really well. I agree. And I think, so, honestly, if I'm Hitchcock right now, the lines I roll with, because they all seem to click together, is Oshie Bakustin, mm-hmm. the STL line, and then Berglund, Stasny, Yaskin. Yeah, just roll you know, with it. Those three guys have found a chemistry together. Your fourth line, do what you need to do. You know, you have Porter, you've got Ott, you've got Gokinen, you've got, got, you know, gosh, you've got all these guys you know, you can find a, a fourth, a, a suitable fourth line there with Reeds or whoever, but those those top nine guys, and, uh, just, I, I just let them sit. Thing, yeah, and also the, the defense has also been on a rotation with nine quality defensemen, pretty much. Yeah, man. And tonight the big news, which Blues fans, some you know Blues fans doing doing their thing because they're that, those type of people. Barrett Jackman is a healthy scratch tonight. I think that really has more to do with the fact that he's one of the older guys on the team. Let them get some rest before the playoffs. I think it's that, and I think Calgary is a little more of a foot speed team compared to yeah the Winnipeg Jets, who does have foot speed, but they're more physical, and then he that's more of his game, and he can slide him in Thursday, have a nice long break here. We had a couple back-to-backs. Yep. Uh, then Bortuzzo and Limbaugh have been playing really well. So I agree. it'd be different if those guys are playing like uh, crap, and, you know, so then you could then you'd be, okay, Jackman's in, but you have – and Butler, when he was in a couple of times, hasn't looked bad. I mean, no. he's, been, he's been serviceable at uh, least. I, I agree. I agree. So I mean, you're looking at nine guys who could be on a, could play on a nightly basis. Still have Shattenkirk coming back. Yeah. So I mean, you're looking at a lot of guys who are we fighting for spots. So at the end of the day, let's be honest, it's going to be Bo Misha, Petrangelo, yep. Gunnarsson, Shattenkirk, yep. McCulloch, Jackman. Yes. And then honestly, people are saying like you flip McCulloch out for Bortuzzo if you're playing possibly like Winnipeg. I still, I think maybe a game or two if if he's still dinged up, maybe, but not like on a regular basis. Because I honestly like Bortuzzo's played great. I watched him a lot. The only knock I have on him is he goes for that big hit. Uh, and he, if he, he doesn't, if he doesn't get it, if they get by him, they were he, screwed. Luckily, he's got a piece of it or gotten the person every time. He kind of has that tunnel vision lock, like laser lock. Yeah. Where once he puts you in your crosshairs, he's going to go get you, and it doesn't matter what else is going on. Like, the puck can be right next to him. He doesn't care. He's going to go hit you. Yeah. Um, I agree with you on that. You know, I, I think that you hit the top six. In a perfect world, if everybody's healthy, that is the six that start the playoffs. Um, but, man, talk about, uh, you know, a team full of riches that you could pull from. God forbid somebody gets hurt. Yeah. yeah you know, you've got of. Butler. You've got Bertuzzo. You've got guys to pull from now. Look at the forward. You're going to have, you know, Jokinen's likely going to be a healthy scratch in the playoffs. I don't know. 
And you think they dress him? Who do you think they, they uh, here, here, Here's the thing that I'll bring up that Hitchcock said, and I don't know how to take this, but he said during his one of his little after practice deals this okay. week, he'd say like after you know Jokinen got hurt in the Toronto game, right? So he was out for you know a couple games, and he said well, once to get him back up and running, he said hopefully we get him the full time status by next week. Mind and you, who sits? I think it'll Porter? be it'll be Godwin. Gotcha. No, we got you. It would be fourth line center, I think, because he even said like I really don't want to have really him like on the top. game. I mean, I have no problem with him, so I think it's more of I think Jokinen can do what Gox can do, but at the same time, I think Jokinen has like that much more like offensive Sword prowess. Gosh, yeah, I think that's the only reason why you put him up there. So who knows? Like Ott sat this week. Yeah. So there's a lot of guys sitting right now. So um, they're making. I think the internal competition is going to be a good thing. That guys are going to want to get out there and play extra hard. You know, unfortunately, some of the guys that are sitting. You're not going to sit like a guy like Tarasenko. You're not, no. you know, you're not going to sit a guy like Laterra or whatever. No. But uh, some of those lower guys, but when, when they do have that, you know, 45 second shift out there, they're going to go out there and I agree. tear it up. So a lot of good stuff this week for the Blues. They play Calgary this week. They, you know, play Minnesota. They again. go to Winnipeg again, and then they uh, play Detroit on the dreaded national televised game on Sunday morning. There we go. So on a back to back, so we we'll we'll wait and see. Yes, that's the Christmas put big L right there. So it's the jinx, man. It is. So we'll see. Proper equals no points. But we'll see though. So the big I'll say the big NHL news this week uh, kind of came out today. The overtime rule. We'll go with the overtime thing. And two things came out. Uh, Las Vegas during this there had the oh yeah yeah season ticket campaign. The season ticket campaign came up. Uh, all the GMs are in the in Boca Raton right now for yeah. the GM meetings. Uh, one thing I came up that Batman said <laughs> two things that I'll go over. One thing uh, first is the sales ticket, the say a season ticket drive. They want to get ten thousand. They say, but I don't know if there's a date on that. Right. But they want to get ten ten thousand. They're in the nine thousand range right now. So it's looking more and more that it's there. They said it could be by 2016, 2017. My question is, and I don't know if they addressed this because I didn't see this, um, are the people who are signing up, are these individual investors or are they selling season tickets to casinos? That's it. That's the ticket sale drive. My, my thought process is this, and I'm all for the NHL going into Las Vegas. I am. Because um, I think eventually – one of the big four leagues has got to put their foot in that market because there are, you know, there's a fairly large residential community of people who live in Las Vegas. Yeah, I know a couple people. Um, I would be very interested to see the breakdown between actual um, people like you and me purchasing, you know, committee going, yes, we will buy a season or tickets. Or like companies or casinos. Versus, you know, like, how many season tickets is MGM on the line for? Yeah. How many season tickets is you know are the wins on the line for? Because you figure at some point the casinos are probably going to grab tickets, if not full suites, and comp them out to their high rollers or VIPs or things like that. Oh yeah, you know play a certain game for a while. It's like oh, instead of free drinks, they'll start right. dropping tickets. You know exactly. Um, you know, and I, neither one of those is bad. You know, look, as long as the money's there and as long as there's interest there, I'm all for the league going there. I believe there's still a minor league team that plays there. Yeah. I think, I think it's they're, Phoenix's they're, team. I thought they're, they might have been at one time they still might. 
Um, Arizona. Time. Arizona. Um, you know, they were, they were unaffiliated for a while, but I, I think am, I got picked up. I'm all for expansion. I, I think that the cities that supersede Las Vegas right now would be Quebec City and Seattle. Yeah, unfortunately, it said it said Las Vegas is the main target right now. Wow. Because of big dollar sign. Sure. You know, and you've already seen the fact that the NHL courts Las Vegas and vice versa with the fact that the NHL awards are in Vegas and have been, I believe, for at least the last five Four. years. Yeah, at least five years. Um, so there has been that building relationship between the city and the league. Um, so, we'll, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. If they do that, you would think at some point there might be another realignment, at least in the West. Okay, yeah, they'll add that. They'll probably add that team to the Pacific, you think. Cause I would imagine, because you're three hours from L.A. Yeah, there's no point, so they'll um, probably add that. And then whoever, we'll see what happens with, like, Quebec or yeah. Kansas City. Like, as much as I'd like to, I think they're, I think I they're, think down, the they're down on, like, I'll say, like, if there's, like, they're the bottom of whatever. You know the two markets that don't have sports teams in uh, the United States that I think should get them? One of them is Vegas. The other is Austin, Texas. You know, Austin has the University of Texas, so they have a huge college sports scene. Um, but, you know, that's a that's a market that even during the big housing bubble burst, Austin, Texas has grown and grown and grown. And I, I think that eventually that's going to be the third city within the state of Texas. You know, Houston is another place that probably should have an NHL team at some point. Mm. They've got everything else. They've got the Astros. They've got the Texans. They've got the Rockets. And they had a. They did have a they had minor the, league. They team had the Houston. Aces. Aces or Arrows. 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 Um, so. so okay. Well, there's my question. If there's an NHL team in Las Vegas, what do you name it? Ooh, it can't be someone around gambling or any kind of like that. I'm sure the NHL would veto anything. Like I think that. the Las Vegas Aces would be great. I think it would be nice, but I, I don't know. I don't know if they would try the if they're going to fully embrace the whole like hey this is gambling we're going to go with it or if they're just going to be like let's try to just dance around it and not name our team and but you think yeah. about all stuff's going to happen you know I thought that's good that's I've seen that one again so I've seen people say Las Vegas gamblers I don't think they'll go that on the nose yeah no no be interesting to do so let's go a couple other things that came up another thing came up that Batman announced the salary cap for next year I missed that seventy two million dollars so it's only okay. going, it's only going up three million dollars then. So not a huge increase. So no. Chicago, so they're going. Oh, uh, yeah. Chicago and a couple other teams are not happy. Boston and a couple other teams. The Blues are probably okay. I mean, the three mil will help, like with the Tarasenko raise and stuff. Yep. So, uh, so I mean, it affects them, but not I think as much as other teams. Uh, the other, I guess, the massive crazy news that came out that people are freaking out about is the possible change to three on three overtime. Now I didn't read the whole article. I saw the headline. Are they saying? Five minutes of four on four. That has not been determined. It's just like kind of like a. So right now the NA, this is what they do in the minor leagues: they do five minutes of four on four mm-hmm. and five minutes of three on three. Right now, and then a shootout. Then a shootout. They said the things that they, the amount of games that go into overtime, mm-hmm. um, decrease by like sixty some percent. Like going to shootout right. compared to before. So they're wrapping oh up. Oh my again. gosh! Because dude, think of how much open ice there would be in three on three. Um, Paul Stastny was quoted in today's article by uh, Jim Rutherford or Tom Timmerman, whoever it was. 
uh, saying that he was a proponent for it. He was like, it'd be really fun. I'm kind of curious to see what they do if it's after four on four, if we're just doing three on three, who knows? But a lot more open ice, you're going to see more creativity, a lot more fast play, and I think that'll be better for the game. Uh, Armstrong was actually pretty, like, not vocal as in, like, against it, but just talking about the thing. He said, the, obviously, he won and proved it, and he said, for, and it has to go to the NHLPA now for them to approve it before it gets officially sanctioned or whatever. He said it has a huge economic impact because you're talking about if we change it, you might have maybe a 27, 26, 27 goal scorer. We change this overtime, that might make him a 32 goal scorer. Absolutely. And so you see that 30 goal mark, that might be an extra million dollars in that guy's pocket. Well, he, that wasn't the exact quote, but I'm just saying like. I get that, but I also think that if. If that bar gets raised as far as uh, – I'm trying to compare this like in baseball. Yeah. You know, when they lowered the pitching mound because of Bob Gibson. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you change elements of a game, of course stats are going to change. And, I, you know, if 30 goals is, is the mark that's considered, you know, top tier – you're right. If you're adding five more minutes of three-on-three hockey, odds are you're going to have more goals scored in that period, you know, than you would in the shootout where they don't count. So then maybe that bar adjusts, and the 30 goal mark isn't the mark anymore. Maybe it's 40. Yeah. So who knows? But uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they kind of what comes out of it. So if it's going to be like kind of the AHL type thing they're doing, or if they're going to do kind of a different thing, uh, like maybe just do like a two-and-a-half and two-and-a-half, and two and or sure. who knows. Uh, the last thing that came out is now there will be, quote-unquote, coaches' challenges. for yeah, on, on video on, reviews, right? Yeah, so on goal, basically goaltender interference goals. Not talking about penalties that just happened, talking about goals. So when it's ruled, the like, for example, the um, Blues game against uh, Minnesota, they're saying the goalie could not play his position. Right. I think it was that game, or it might have been another game I was watching. Anyway, no, it was the Detroit game because Mrazek was yeah. uh, flipping out about it. They're saying the goalie was not allowed to play his position. So something like that, you could uh, send out the video replay and say, oh, maybe Hornquist was hit in by Cronwall or whatever, you know, even though he hand-passed it to somebody and then he didn't catch it. I think court. it's a good idea, but, I mean, isn't that what Toronto's for? But the pan- doesn't Toronto it- review every goal? Yes, Technically, but I guess if it's like, then it's still to the, it's still in the go, in the refs' hands apparently. So, from what I'm reading here, basically you can challenge a play, but you have to have a timeout. So if you use your timeout already, you it's kind of like you can't use it already. So say like Hitchcock uses it on like an icing in the middle of the first period because the Blues are gassed. If something comes up in the third, like he can't technically challenge. And then if you lose a challenge, you get your timeout taken away. Kind of sort of like how football is. You know, I, I think that the pressure for the NHL is to use instant replay because now everyone else is. But I, I think that the system they have in place with Toronto kind of makes a coach's challenge redundant. Um, I mean, we talked about it this week with the, the, the no goal against Minnesota yeah. where the refs damn near dropped the puck on that goal for the Blues that wasn't even in the goal. And, and Toronto had to, had to buzz down and go, wait a minute, guys, let's look at this again. Um, you know, I think when you have a system like that in place, more times than not, you're going to get the proper outcome. And I, I get that people want um, the video replay, but, I, you know, 
hockey's a different animal, man. It just is. Um, and I don't know, because there is only a one-timeout rule, I, I don't know how that's going to work um, yeah. with replay. I think that it's one of those things that on paper is great, but I think the, the, the implementation of it into the games is, is not going to be as smooth as people think. I could be wrong, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, so could be some changes coming next year, so... We'll wait and see what happens with the NHLPA because they shoot it down. I mean, it's not happening. Sure. So they got to be uh, ratified by both sides. So interesting stuff. So Blues are in Calgary right now. Looks like zero zero. And as I watch, uh, Nashville scores quick two and takes a two to one lead on Minnesota. Balls. And then, unfortunately, everybody who we want to lose is winning right now. Chicago is up by two. Come on, uh, Islanders. Winnipeg is destroying the Sharks. So, oh, Halak went on uh, IR today. So. He did. Really? He's day to day. So he's you know pulled his usual self. So interesting stuff. It's there. Your playoff time. Halak's got to get hurt. So they had a recall today, so their backup is in. But they they went and acquired uh, uh Enroth, right? Yeah, yeah Enroth. Tyler so, Enroth. So so we'll see. Uh, Jonas. Okay. Jonas. Anyway, so oh, I got Tyler from. Yeah, Tyler Myers, maybe. Maybe. So if you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Yeah, are you talking about my personal Twitter at JPM Blues Fan Twenty One? I'm at Hossapalooza. and also on our website BluesHockeyPodcast.com, all one word. Also on the Facebooks, Blues Hockey Podcast. And also, if you want to get a hold of Melissa, it's at MSR Melissa Nicole One L One S, and also uh, Instagram, same thing. Yep. And Facebook is Melissa Nicole One L One S. So, and yeah, interesting stuff coming up this week. A lot of games. We jam-packed again. Yeah. So, uh, good stuff. We got some busy couple weeks coming up between Blues games and wrestling stuff. Yeah. So. We should have, uh, hopefully, we're uh, just have to do the final confirmations that we should have some guests on the show next week. Yes, we're hoping that the guys from Brook Royal will be yeah. on the show to Jack discuss. Bond, who are huge Blues fans. So, they'll be participating in the whole show. We'll run it just like we normally do, and then we'll probably talk to those guys about Brook Royal. Yep. I believe you said they're recording or have some stuff in the works. I think they're writing right now. So we'll talk to them about you know, hopefully some what's ever upcoming. Talk to them about maybe how they came up with Bleed Blue, and talk about the whole uh, campaign to get down rock band. So that's huge. Yeah. So we're gonna come up with a hashtag and all that stuff while we're watching the game right now, and we'll uh, tweet those out and everything. So we encourage fans to do that. You know, I'll re-put the link out there again. It's at the top of the uh, page of the uh, website, blueshockeypodcast.com. And also, I guess, side note before I finish here, I just wanted to say hello to a fan because somebody was hitting me up about if somebody who listens to our podcast quite a bit, uh, Kyle Compton. What it do, Kyle? Yeah, so thank you for listening. Uh, so he's just started listening and really likes the show. And nice. just wanted to say... So shout out to him. So, Welcome aboard. Yeah, so keep it good for you, hopefully. So, yeah. If you like it, you're welcome. If you don't, it's all Jason's fault. Yeah, it's probably true. So, yeah, once again, uh, thanks for listening to us. And, yeah, well, hopefully we'll have some stuff upcoming soon. Like I said, we're going to have Burke Royal. Uh, I'm going to talk to Dominic on Thursday when we see him. Cool. And I'm going to have him to see if he'd like to do an Islanders slash Eastern Conference, maybe playoff kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then if Ponder's around, we'll see what he's doing. And see if he wants to maybe come on and do it. It's a, almost that time, man. Yeah, it's getting a couple there. couple more weeks. I know, it's a busy time. Luckily, 
work has nothing now. That by, not, by nothing, I mean just, like, stress-free. Like, I still go to work and get work done. And then... But you're finding money. <laughs> money? Money. Yeah. Dollar, yeah. dollar bill, y'all. Straight cash on me. Correct. And all I, I was going to say at your door of your office, straight cash on me. Yeah. And everybody's like, what's up with you? So, <laughs> like, nothing, nothing, boss. Just hanging out, doing my thing. Just cashing, necks and, cashing checks and breaking necks, bro. And they're like, and she's like, I'm a chick, so. Like, so, oh, I don't know. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for hiring me. I'm going to turn my head now and just hang out. So. <laughs> yeah, so, once again, let's see, losing Calgary. I got no score. So I got nothing. So hopefully we'll come back to you later this weekend with some good news about this game and I guess just this game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Thursday. Thursday's game. I'm calling Steve Ott game winner tonight. Ooh, there we go. I'll go with uh, I go with the blatantly obvious one, but I'll go with I'll go with uh, Jaden Schwartz. Okay. Yeah, I was going to see a Tarasenko, but anyway, we'll... Bowsley Bear Jackman. Yeah, that'd be great if he scores. He's gonna throw it into the press box. Scores. Hey, he scored some miracle goals before. It's true. So. It's true. Yeah, so alright guys, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. See ya.